introduce myself. Welcome to Neat, Comma, Straight Up, or On the Rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Level up. Level up, 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 level up. Whoa! Welcome to the official party, the neat, comma, straight up, or on the rocks official episode one. All the testing episodes are over. I figured out how I'm gonna use my audacity. I figured out how I'm gonna use my microphone. If I'm gonna be too far close or too far back, I figured everything out. So. I'm going to just work this. Um, I heard some real good podcasts this week, um, sports, entertainment, all these things. Uh, and I, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited because, again, everybody's using their platform to be special, not using their platform to be stupid, which obviously I'm sure is going to happen because this thing is evolution. We go from stupid to smart again. So I'm, uh, I'm I want to start this by saying R.I.P. John Singleton. You know, I was. um thinking about this as I was listening to other podcasters talk about it. And I was excited, you know, um, I was upset, you know, his family's going through all this stuff that they're about to go through. Uh, that's why you gotta have your will and last testament in order. That's why you gotta have your papers ready. You gotta talk to your spouse, you know, make sure they know where your stuff at, you know, you know where they stuff at, because when it's all said and done, you know, you gotta pay bills. So death and taxes is definitely assured. So unfortunately, the family seems like they're going to get into a fight over his accounts, uh, which is unfortunate. You know, he made a lot of money. Uh, he made a lot of money. You know, there's a business manager that ran his accounts and stuff. And then there's his family. So I don't know exactly what's happening. So I ain't going to judge it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not an actor. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not an actor. But the people that this guy has... Um, has uh, put on, and I'm talking about John Singleton, has put on, has, uh, you know, these people have, and, and his stories, the way he tell his stories, have influenced my life. So I'm excited about, you know, the fact that, you know, we're going to be watching these movies again. Um, unfortunately, you know, you got to die before we get to a point where we're watching these movies again because, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC Comics, you know, Empire, you know, all these shows are taking over our lives. I don't really watch Empire. I just said it because it's on right now. But um, the idea is that, you know, these shows have changed the way TV goes and the way movies go. But um, Boys in the Hood, you know, I got to tell you. So, like I said, I've I never been an actor, you know, in, in my life. But I definitely have played many characters in my life, you know, on this journey to try and find out who I am. Uh, everybody I encountered, I kind of stole a little bit from. Um, and then, you know, being in foster, foster care, growing up in foster care, I had to figure out you know, my identity from my parents and then my identity from my foster family, which happened to me, my aunt and uncle. Um, so they were still family, but I still had to figure out who I was going to be. Um, and, you know, I never met John Singleton, to be real, never met this person at all. Um, but I feel like he's a part of me uh, and, and the sadness I feel, you know, it's not a crying sadness because it ain't that close. And, you know, I know people die all the time. But but I feel different about this one because, you know, I was raised on his movies. You know, I couldn't sit there and watch him with my foster family. But when you go to school and everybody's talking about this movie, this movie, you know, Boys in the Hood, Boys in the Hood, um, you know, 1991. That was, you know, I'm seeing somebody like me direct something. You know, I grew up again, like I told you before, in previous podcast watching like Dallas and the Dallas Cowboys and stuff like that. 
and finding out, you know, James Bond, I'm a big James Bond fan, but none of these people really look like me. So here comes, you know, somebody throwing out Boys in the Hood, 1991, uh, Spike Lee, you know, she's got to have it. You know, these are some of my favorite all-time directors. One, and I'm not ashamed to say it, because they look like me, you know, self-identity is is important. So, you know, being able to to dive deep into that, I'll do it one day, but you know, Poetic Justice, 1993, like, you know, Tupac was a rebel, you know, and I don't know how much of it was like trolling, like what we do now, or a lot of people do now, uh, to get likes and to get people to go out and, and watch these movies or to be the truth, uh, because they're, you know, he was, he had the Gemini, he was two, two people, you know, one side, you see this rebellious person that's bucking against the system. And the other side, you see this pro-black, pro person that's you know talking about his mother and the panthers and trying to get his message across uh and, and we watching how the community and the you know the nation kind of shutting him down and they charging extra taxes and all this other stuff so that he can't be in this movie you know what i'm saying and poetic justice and then he was with janet jackson in that movie and janet jackson was it at the time like she she was the five four three two one Janet Jackson at the time. She you know she she kind of put the rhythmless nation Whitney Houston to the side. Like Whitney was killing it, but then Janet came along like and, and you know she danced, she sang, you know other people came after her, but Janet and and Tupac in a movie it was kind of like what is this? You know it wasn't uh, Boys in the Hood because you know watching Boys in the Hood to be real it was just. Boys in the Hood was one of them things like, yeah, I see. I identify with that. I see what's going on. I could tell you what's going on. Um, And then there was 1995 and one of my favorite movies dropped and it was called Higher Learning, you know, probably because I was getting ready to go to college at the time. Um, I was graduating out of Bennett High School. What's up, Bennett? What's up, Bennett? Even though we were known at a prep school and I was in the law magnet program, I was treated like a nerd most of my life. I still rep Bennett because I don't owe them any money. They didn't overcharge me. However, higher learning prepared me for college life in 1995. Like there wasn't this, you know, psycho um, Nazi guy, Remy, running all over the campus. But I was ready, you know, and, and growing up the way I grew up, you know, with a couple of different examples of how life really is, you know, gangs, drugs, alcohol, um, abandoned, you know, the feelings and all the other stuff. I had to be ready to go to college. I didn't really know what college was. I just knew that I had to get my life together because college was there. Um, and college would make me something better. Of course, when I got there, you know, I, I, I immediately got signed up for a credit card for a T-shirt and a whole bunch of other stuff that put me in a debt that I'm still paying off right now. And we'll talk about that at another day. Just know that the higher learning experience in 1995, 96 was really, really important. And uh, picking up that stuff because Buster Rhymes was in that movie. That movie was off the hook. Ice Cube was in that movie. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I think, you know, John Singleton put Ice Cube on. Again, put Buster Rhymes on. You know what I'm saying? Put um, Michael Rappaport on. You know, there's people in that movie that you, you look back and you go, wow. You know, he didn't put Janet on or Tupac on. But, you know, they had they starred in a movie that was like, you know, whatever. Poetic Justice, Higher Learning. And then there was Rosewood, you know, 1997. Um, I'm going to just say the name of the film. Uh, you can see it for yourself. 
But again, you know, John Singleton kind of made sure that in this world, we saw these things, right? And then 2005 or 2001 was uh, was uh, when he dropped Baby Boy, which was uh, pretty interesting and pretty funny, but also a big part of reality. It was like Boys in the Hood grown up. Um, and then I remember, you know, the scene of Ving Rhames, like, like naked in the, <laughs> in the kitchen, uh, cooking eggs after he got released and been through his life, you know, going to prison and gang banging and all this other stuff. And he found a woman he loved who actually have a son, uh, who was, you know, kind of going down the same path and he tried helping the, you know, little Jody out, but then he just decided, you know, my love for this woman is more. And he tried to be with her. And of course, Jody got kicked out, you know, that's, you know, some hood stuff. That's what happens. Uh, then after that, you know, 2005 was uh, another classic, if you ask me, uh, Four Brothers. Uh, and if, if you, you want to look that movie up, Four Brothers, I, I recommend it, um, not only because I had to go through the foster care system, but there's a lot in there that, you know, people just get caught up, you know, and another rapper in there was Andre 3000. So, um, you know, you want to go and check that out. So, you know, in my opinion, um, John Singleton really, 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 really adored hip hop and rap, you know, um, and, and and put these rappers and hip hop artists on so they can get in their first kind of indie films or films as they got that way. I would probably say after doing some research, Boys in the Hood was an indie film uh, and it's what got him into college. Um, and then he kind of manifested the rest of the role. So um, and then there's, a, you know, another couple films, but. One of the things that really touched me was, uh, or one of his last films, other than The Fast and the Furious 2, I think it was 2, I'm not really sure, but Abduction, um, you know, and that was in 2011. It was a, a kid, it was about a kid whose parents abducted him, um, and later on in life he found out when he got older that, you know, these aren't his real parents. Um, he started seeing pictures of his younger self on milk cartons and um uh, flyers and stuff like that in the community and he started investigating and he found out that his parents you know wasn't real parents and that that touched me because you know and um the way this world goes or at least this country goes no it's this world actually uh, 2011 that was a big movie um you know on the west side of buffalo here it's easy to snatch somebody up from a bus stop throw them in the boat and then they go to canada from canada right on off to uh, russia and you'll never see them again, you know, so you can't, you can't do what you, we used to do back in the day, have our little big wheel gangs on Goodyear, shouting out Goodyear. Um, back in the day, we had our little big wheel gangs where we were just riding around and the parents was in the house, hanging out, you know, playing spades, enjoying their life or at work. And then all of a sudden, you know, your kid disappears, something happens. So, um, you know, you want to be conscious of that stuff. So that movie really touched me. Um, and again, it's called the abduction or abduction, uh, if you ever want to check it out. And I thought it was, I thought that was another masterpiece by John Singleton. So, um, I never, never met this man, you know, uh, he never knew my name, never at all knew my name, but somehow, um, he knew all about me, like just way too well. He knew, you know, who I was and the things that I identified with. Um, you know, there's characters in his movies that I completely identified with, um, I know he didn't write every line on, on the script and stuff like that, and but he directed these these movies and he took the lines in the movies and added his vision. Um, and it made me see myself, my friends, my family, um, members of my hood, you know, 
they were out there struggling harder than I was. I just happened to be blessed to end up with a family that was my family that loved me. So um, um, higher learning also turned me about or, or taught me about gentrification. So when I look at what's going on now, it's going on. I, uh, gentrification is going on. And this is we talking what, 1991 again, where he's talking about gentrification in South Central Los Angeles. And we're looking at it right here on the west side of Buffalo, the east side of Buffalo. You know, between John Singleton and Spike Lee, I, I learned how to watch movies. You know, I learned to watch them for cinematic expression, for cultural relevance, you know, just to be there. You know, I was able to dream big because, you know, they looked like me. Um, and at the time, you know, every day on TV and radio and stuff like that, I was being told that I might not make it past 21. And here I see, you know, these grown men making movies like they're taking a platform. You know, and I, I know there was a story and people that helped them get to that point before they got to that point. But I'm talking about, you know, John Singleton and uh, Spike Lee to some degree, but John Singleton at this point. So um, and, and one of the lines in Boys of the Hood that really stood out to me, uh, Ice Cube said it. And, um, you know, I still hear it because it, it, it resonates with me where he said, you know, after his brother was shot down, he says, um, you know, either they don't know, don't show or don't care about what goes on in the hood. In 91, I heard that, and it, it touched me. You know, it made me think. Uh, it might have gave me a little more militant stuff that, you know, I went into Chuck D, Public Enemy, and all the other stuff between 91 and 95. Um, but I definitely understood that because, you know, when your your family don't, don't, you know, people die all the time, you know. And he said this after his brother was gunned down, Ice Cube's character, Doughboy. You know, his brother was, you know, a budding football star. How many of us know that story, right? He's a budding football star getting ready to sign to a college. You know, he was he couldn't read. Well, he could read, but he wasn't really all that smart. That was how it was back then. They just picked you for your athletic ability. But again, you know, his brother was getting ready to do something. They was trying to keep him out of gangs as much as they could. And he was gunned down over disrespect, which, again, still happens today. So it's kind of a, a, one of those things where. Again, either they don't know, don't show or don't care about what goes on in the hood. You know, um, it, it was amazing to watch, you know, and it's it's like that still. So um, John Singleton showed America's ugly face. You know, this is my ugly reality at a time when they was, you know, hands across America. The world is doing good. Everybody's loving each other. America's the best place to be. He was like, nah, slow up. Let me show you this. Uh, watch about these guys in the hood trying to escape the hood, you know, that's stuck in the projects, you know, the, the projects you built, you know, after Nazi internment camps. Um, and you mirrored that stuff over here. So you go and fight a war to free the people. Then you come here and you put people in the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So he, he really put me into looking at my history. You know, he was one of those directors that did that. Um, and people say, you know, movies are movies. You know, maybe nowadays movies are movies. You know, and I still watch for content, which is why I don't watch a lot of these shows on TV like Power's on right now. And it's good entertainment. But, you know, I don't really watch it because I know, you know, drama. It's about drama. Uh, actually, I don't think I've seen past the first season, last first season, three episodes. And I was just like done with it um, because it became a typical kind of story. But something like what John Singleton was putting out there was, 
not just the, the story of the hood, but a lot of content that people had never seen before. So, um, and I know a lot of people watch power probably go, I'm probably gonna get some nasty mail, you know, always you suck, dude. How could you not watch power? How could you not watch this? How could you not watch that? I, I honestly, that's good for you. Great. I'm not knocking it. I, I just grew up at a different time. And even if I, if you grew up at the time I did, uh, the truth is, so what? Enjoy yourself. You know, don't hate me because you ain't me. You know, I, I choose to watch what I want to watch and I don't knock you for watching what you want to watch. You know, if you watch porn all day, enjoy yourself. I ain't going to be mad at you. You're going to do what make you happy. Let me do what I make, what makes me happy. Let me enjoy me. So, um, but again, I, I learned stuff like that from, you know, boys in the hood. Honestly, you know, the news makes a cry for help, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what we were doing. That's what he did. You know, he used his platform. John Singleton, I'm talking about to make a cry for help. You know, the news wasn't showing, you know, these murders and all the stuff in the hood. They were just, you know, depicting it as poor kids killing themselves again. You know, and after a while, people start clutching their perches, locking their doors, you know, as you walk by, but never really understood exactly what was going on in the hood. John Singleton brought that to, you know. And, and I don't I don't even think they expected it to blow up the way it did. That's how big Boys in the Hood was. Uh, and it was crazy, you know, and and I, I'm going to watch it again and again and again because there, I'm pretty sure there's some stuff that I missed. But, you know, the gentrification thing was definitely big back then. I didn't understand it then. I learned to understand it now. But I remember how, you know, Furious Styles said what he said to, to everybody. Like, you need to recognize, you know, I don't care about these gangbangers around me right now. As a matter of fact, y'all need to come up here because you're making this happen, you know, by killing each other, by selling this stuff in the hood, by bringing down the value. You know, you allowing people to come in with money and just swoop in and change that. Name. So when I look at people now, you know, most recently, like, uh, unfortunately, Nipsey Hussle passed away, you know, I, again, another dude I never met, but I definitely heard the stories about how he did things in the hood like he bought, you know, the neighborhood he used to sell drugs on, you know, corny sold drugs on. He bought that area like that entire block. It took him some time um, and he used his resources and he brought the block like that's easy. You know, that's the blueprint Jay-Z left, you know what I'm saying? And, and still is talking about uh, that's why they call him the hover to God. But. And I'm sure he watched this movie. Uh, and again, I saw the same movie. So Boys in the Hood kind of taught me, not just me, I believe a whole bunch of people. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm definitely proud that, you know, I, I was able to live a life through um, the understanding of some John Singleton movies. Um, I, he lived his purpose in my heart, you know, and right now I'm representing the shining for you, bro. You did your thing. You did what you were supposed to do. It was your time to leave. Everybody else going to deal with the leftovers, the money, and all the other stuff that don't mean nothing. But the stuff that means something to people, the stuff that helped change the culture, the future, the way we living right now, you did already. So I'm proud of you, John Singleton. And I'm proud to say that now. I'm saying your name. And people may not listen, but you live forever on my podcast. Because when I save this and I upload it and it goes to all the places, your name is here. And I spent some time, a segment of some time talking about you. I respect you. And if I ever met you, um, if I ever had the opportunity to meet you, um, I know that our spirits are going to get back together one day. I probably am never going to recognize who you are, but I know your spirit is going to be pure because you did what you needed to do 
You know, you were given a gift, you did it, and it changed the world as we see it now, as we know it now. Without you, we would not have the understanding of what the hood was. Um, and they, other people wouldn't have an understanding or even have empathy because they just thought that we was just robbers and gangbangers. Uh, that movie shows that, you know, we put in situations where we have to survive. And I respect the fact that you did that. So, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you did it against all odds. Um, and you stood on the shoulders of the people before you. And, and we're going to stand on the shoulders of, of people like you. So, you know, thank you. So, um, whew, I know that was a lot. I'm sorry. Um, that was something that near and dear to me. The truth, you know, is just what it is. John, John, um, Mr. Singleton, as, as, as I'll call him, passed away peacefully. You know, he was surrounded by his family. You know, we can only hope to do that. You know, he was... Um, he went to uh, Cedar Sinai Hospital uh, April 17th and, and suffered a stroke. He was there because he suffered a stroke. Uh, he was in intensive care for a while. His family said three days later, you know, they, they had to, it was a Monday morning, I think they had to uh, make sure they removed him from life support because they didn't want him to be a vegetable. Again, I understand that I got a story like that and his story went out just like many of ours, you know, it doesn't make us unique. Uh, our pain is real. You know, my mom went out the same way. I didn't have the strength to pull the plug. My family was surrounded by her. It makes me feel good when I read stuff like that, that his family was around him. Um, and, and, you know, my sister, bless her heart, Tamika, was strong enough to be able to say at a young age was strong enough to say, I got you, mom, and pull the plug. Uh, no matter how much, you know, I, me and my mom disagreed or I disagreed with her, I still should have been able to do it. But Again, God does things to you that you can handle. I just couldn't handle it. So to hear that, you know, he was surrounded by his family um, and he was pulled from life support because you just don't want to see somebody hooked up to machines for the rest of their life. Uh, and that's just the way that goes. So, you know. Um, so I, I learned um, that uh, no one was going to write the films the way he wanted. He had to do it. You know, that was one of his quotes, you know, I learned no one was going to write this films the way I, I wanted to. So I had to expect for me to do it. And that's John Singleton. You know, no one was going to have the vision to tell the stories that I wanted to tell, except for me. That's John Singleton. You know, that's that's the truth. And that's, you know, for everybody out there in your life. You know, uh, I, I, the book of Eli is awesome because, you know, he's got a bunch of Al Green songs. And I also think about, you know, when Denzel is sitting in the book of Eli, which is another movie, not directed by John Singleton, but just another movie that touched me because all he had left was music to help him keep it sanity. Um, and spoiler alert, he was blind the whole movie. So he whooped a whole lot of ass that entire movie blind. And people, you know, try to say that blind people are handicapped. All right, you didn't meet this person. And then the book of Eli kind of has a reference in the Bible where Eli keeps popping up every once in a while throughout the Bible. And that's a whole nother conversation. Again, I'm not religious. We could have a spiritual conversation if you want. I'm down for that too. Send me some stuff. Um, at N S U O T rocks at gmail.com. I'm more than willing to bring that stuff up and have these conversations that you want to have. If you want to be interviewed or you want to sit down and have a conversation with me, we could do that too. Um, so again, I, I just want to finish up with John, um, Singleton, um, one of these days I'm going to go back and 
I'm going to watch Higher Learning. Uh, the messages in that movie were just so powerful. The language, the the culture of that movie, the people that were there, uh, it made an instant impact. Uh, it was so impactful that when people uh, watched it, they, they didn't know what to do, especially for that time that it was released. Um, so I, I also want to take this time to talk about the uh, Avengers aim uh, endgame. Um, I sat through that whole movie saying to myself, please don't have to pee. Please don't have to pee. I, I really can't stand previews. I'm going to be real with you. I seen one preview about it and that was good enough for me. But I kept saying to myself the whole time, please don't have to pee. This is a three hour movie. This is going to be a really good movie. I'm expecting everything to happen in this movie. And guess what? Everything happened in that movie. It was awesome. They brought everybody back and then they killed a whole bunch of other people too. So you looking for a massacre? A lot happened in that movie. And then the one person that started it all, Mr. Tony Starks, died at the end of the movie. And you know how he died? He didn't die selfishly. That's the, the key to it. You know, you go back and you watch all these movies and you, you watch, especially the Iron Man movies, and you're like, he was really fucking selfish. You know, he, he only cares about Iron Man and himself and, and being Iron Man now makes him even worse. So that kind of puts me in that whole Batman theory, like with Iron Man. Right. So for me, Batman saved everybody when he could and really destroyed himself when he couldn't save everybody, including his family. That's how he started out. Right. If you didn't notice, I'm a big Batman fan. But then we, we look at Iron Man. Right. Like his his. um persona was just this player he was tony stark you know this eccentric billionaire but everything he did was to save the world so everyone has misread this guy and even even me like i got to the end of the movie i didn't expect his dude to have a special made glove where he collected all the rings you know i knew about the time travel and all the other shit i expected it to be honest i expected all the time travel and all the other shit because I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with all the characters, even you can include, you know, Wolverine and everybody with time traveling. You know, the the um, even the, the Flash and DC was like time traveling and it was an experiment. Right. Everybody got into it. So when when Tony Stark actually snapped his fingers and said, yeah, I'm Iron Man and killed everybody else like Thanos and all Thanos dominions and everybody else. I was like, oh, shit. But I kind of expected it. So. Uh, it was a great movie, but to be real, that Game of Thrones episode was better. Like, I could have went to go and pee during the, the um, end game, but the Game of Thrones, where all the White Walkers died, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I've been watching that, like, I know my wife probably sick of me watching that damn episode, but, and people complained it was dark, it was dark. What, fuck, if you can change the weather... Um, and you got to block everything out so that you can try and win. This shit's going to be dark, bro. You just going to have to recognize it was dark. Like I, I had respect for um, Bran, you know, because he, he sat back. He had me fooled. I thought, you know, you had to kill Bran ass. I was like, kill I, the whole time. I'm talking to the fucking TV. And my, I know my wife was like, shut the fuck up. But I'm talking to the TV like, yo, kill Bran. Just cut his throat because he's the Night King. Like, they look alike, right? Like, I'm like, yo, kill Bran, kill Bran. But um, didn't work out that way. Like, Bran just sat back. Like, he was sitting at home with some snacks and a drink and was, you know, just telling everybody, you know, even Theon. You know, I was happy Theon got his redemption song. That's a Bob Marley shout out. He got his redemption song was um, 
and, you know, Brand telling him, you know, you're good now. You know, you're a good man. And, and you know, Brand knew everything, right? Even the Red Queen, like, I got to go back to episode one and start it all over again. Like, the first three episodes of Game of Thrones bored me to death. But I paid attention because I knew that the story was going to matter, right? I never read the books. I'm not even going to even claim to have read the books. But goddamn did I watch those movies. And goddamn do I watch them over and over and over again. 24 hours a day, seven days a week if I could. Because I like looking for those nuggets that I missed. Uh, especially the whole Arya situation. She came in and, and she just she just broke a Michael Jackson. I was going to say an MJ, but... I would have had to clarify that anyway. She just broke a motherfucking Michael Jackson, yo. My wife screaming, yo, yo, great. Oh, my God, this is awesome. And I didn't even see the whole Breanne knife, you know, drop that she hit Breanne with. I didn't even think that she was going to hit the Night King with that shit, right? I thought the Night King had at least another two or three episodes, to be real. But just to see this dude get bounced, I was even cheering. Like, I'm shaking and shit. I'm under the covers in my bed at night watching the shit for the second or third time. And I'm like, yo, this is awesome. This is awesome. Thanks to streaming. You know, streaming helps you watch shit all the time. You watch, if you was watching on HBO, you watch HBO. They put something on in between, then they put it back on. Um, this fucking episode was long, but oh my God, was it worth it? And to be real with you, I'm going to tell you, fuck Samuel Tarley. Do not fuck with this dude. Like, if you do, the only people that survived that have ever fucked with him is John, uh, Gilly, and uh, Little Sam, right? Everybody else has tried to help this dude out have died. And my man, uh, the last, they called him the last, uh, what was it? The last crow, right? Was trying to get Sam ass up. Like, come on. Like, I didn't even fat shame Sam, right? I could have been like Sam's fat ass up. I didn't say it. What I said was he tried to get Sam's ass up. And Sam was like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He was like, Sam, come on, get up. And then Sam finally gets up and he gets stabs in the back. Like, that's Jon Snow's boy. Like, he's been there for the longest, doing everything that needs to be done. And because of Sam Tarly, he's dead. And if you go all the way through, you'll see that Sam has done that to a number of people. Just his existence of trying to help people and not, you know, he just run. How about that? Just don't even participate, bro. I respect you more if you was just like, yo, I'm not going to I'm not going to go to war with you guys. I'm going to sit down here with the women and children as sexist as that may sound. You know, um, I would have you know, I would have respected that. Like, yo, you got to this is what you got to do. Like, you know, and he was like, no, I want to go to war. I want to do this. And he got somebody killed. Now, his ass is living, but somebody else is killed because of that shit. So I, I'm on record with that one. I'm not a fan of Samuel Tarly. Fuck you. You're going to do. And I hope in the next episode or so you die. And this is a character. It's not like a real human. So I'm okay with saying that. So if you want to send me some nasty emails in S U O T rocks at gmail.com, go right on ahead and I'll answer them the same way. It's okay. It's just a character. It's just a TV show. It had my blood bubbling. Um, You want to, oh, how do you feel about that? Why do you feel that way about Sam? I just explained it to you. Now, if you want to go back and watch and understand, please do that because, you know, a coward is a coward. You know, he didn't have to fight. They told him you can go away and he chose to fight. And then when he fought, that's why John was running through and he looked over and saw Sam down on the ground stabbing people. But, you know, um, the dead was still coming for him. John walked right past his ass like, oh, you got to deal with your own shit, bro. I'm going to keep going. So um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Even the, the the damn dead dragon 
was was getting tore up so bad that he had blue flames coming out of his neck. It was awesome. I was sitting there and like in awe, like, oh man, the cinematography, the CGI, uh, even the, the poor writing that has uh, shown up in Game of Thrones from time to time ha- was awesome. Like the music, like it, it was just, it, it was actually like going to the theater and watching a really good play uh, or an orchestra being able to play, you know, and, and over an, a, a nice overtone over an opera because it wasn't so much um, dialogue throughout it. Like there was a number of just, scenes where it was just really really good music that draws you into what was happening um and you can picture it for yourself while you were sitting there watching it and it gave you a chance to reflect on um all the people that uh lived died um the relationships that people had you know you know here's Jon Snow on a fucking dragon you know back in the day when he was just trying to get over to the to Castle Black so he can get away so uh, that's yeah, that's that's my whole thing um on um game of thrones you know i i can do more but um i, I prefer not to because i really had a great time with that but I, I think game of thrones is better than the avengers uh, you know you could debate me on it if you want but your i respect your opinion uh, we'll go there so uh, and, and again i just don't watch previews anymore you know my wife my wife absolutely loves watching previews um i think previews messed up the game they messed up the movie game for me um, I, I don't care for film critics. You know, you can tell me even my friends. I don't like that movie. I'm still going to go check it out um, because I'm me. That's what I do. Um, and then I'll come back and probably talk to you about it. That's, you know, good things that we can talk about. Um, I, I watch um, I watch what I want, you know, without negative influences. Um, in my opinion, previews, you know, ruin the entire movie. Um, but I only, you know, really try to pay attention when my wife shows it to me because she loves the hype. Uh, she'll show me on her phone or, you know, she'll show me on her computer and I'll stare at it to try and be a good husband. Like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at it, but I'm kind of shutting down my brain and you know, I'm training myself not to look at previews because, you know, I grew up honestly in the 80s. Excuse me. I was born in 75. So going to the movies was like Care Bear, you know, learning to Care Bear stare. You know, all these things, you didn't have previews for that stuff. Jaws, you didn't have, you know, 70s. You don't have a preview for Jaws. You just had this is what's coming. Go watch it. Um, you know, I got to watch, um, the Eddie Murphy movie series. I can't think of it right now. Um, where he was a cop, Beverly Hills cop, duh. Um, and you know, coming to America, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that had like a small preview. They didn't do a preview like six months out and then do another part of the movie three months out. And then the week before release a six minute preview, um, you know, that that's to me, that's just too much. Like you really got to hype me up to see this movie that much and you're going to make a billion dollars. Why would I even watch that stuff? I want to go and still be excited. Like, oh, my God, do you see what's happening? Not. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at this. And yeah, that was in a preview. So I think previews really kind of kill the whole thing. So um, that, you know, Endgame was was awesome. But um, that that Game of Thrones was was better to me. So. Uh, I want to I want to cut this short. I don't want to make this too long today. Um, I definitely wanted to talk about these playoffs. I'm gonna leave them alone because James Harden, you know, is one, I'm a fan of James Harden. But come on, bro, foul. Seriously, make the shot, man. Um, when I used to teach kids basketball, it was the whole thing, same thing. Shoot, shoot the ball, bro. Don't worry about the foul. You know, you can't count on the refs, and then you complain about the refs afterwards. So. Uh, Kevin Durant is actually showing you that it's his basketball league. 
and that's not because, you know, LeBron's not playing right now, but it's Kevin Durant. Like, he could score at will. He always could. He's just been holding back. So, hopefully you come to the Knicks next year, baby, because I watch every Knicks game when they bad and when they good. So, I record it. I know my wife's sick of it. Like, you got another Knicks game on here taking up space on my DVR. And I'm like, yeah, I watch it when I can. There's six Knicks games on here. You know they suck. And, yeah, I watch it when I can. Um, so, uh, hopefully in the future, I, I want to get some more uh, Game of Thrones in. Um, I'll probably be on next week about uh, this week of Game of Thrones because, you know, I can't wait for Arya to uh, take Littlefinger's face um, and do some damage. But I also remember the um, the prophecy that Cersei received that her there was a, a brother of hers that was going to choke her. Um, and, and not so many words, but. Um, it was a little brother that was going to choke her. So I think that's why she completely hates um, her brother. Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, uh, oh, my God. I can't think of his name. Anyways, um, I, I think that that was awesome. I think that will be awesome. I think that's going to play out where um, her brother, who's married to – I'm trying to walk myself into his name. Um, he's the right hand of – Daenerys and he's one of my favorite characters so I'm having a brain fart right now but uh either way um I, I think that's gonna play out where Cersei had you know she already lost all her kids I think she's lying she lied on some other dude before um she lied when she was married when she was screwing her husband her brother and they was having babies and uh, thank god they had paternity tests back then because you know the king probably would have killed everybody um but Westworld I want to talk about Westworld. I'm going to dedicate a couple episodes to Westworld. I'm going to find some people that watch Westworld and we are going to talk about Westworld because it's important. I really like that show. Uh, it's an old, it's a remake and we'll go from there. Um, as far as entertainment today, I really don't have much entertainment to talk about. I'm not even going to lie to you. I could, um, my man Kanye is doing, you know, what Kanye does He's selling his merchandise and it has God on it and it's freaking people out. So I guess I will talk a little bit about it. But the truth is, you know, let him let him do what he do. You know, you guys still ain't forgive Kanye for the stuff that he did. But, you know, open your open your. How did he say it? You know, you you always think that I live my life wrong, but you never had sex with the lights on. That's a Kanye verse. So basically is all my stuff's out in the open. What about you? You know, the lights on my stuff. You know, everybody can see my stuff, my mistakes. My good, my bad. And people still out here judging him. So, you know, let it ride. That's how I feel about Kanye. I, I appreciate his music um, and, you know, his designer clothes and stuff like that. I'm not buying none of that stuff. But I completely understand where it's going because I'm not a person that likes to wear labels. Um, and that's something that I've grown into. I've learned that I'm not you're not paying me to wear this. So why should I wear it? And I still got to pay taxes. Another thing in entertainment that I wanted to cover um, that I want to dive deep into at some point is about these damn NFL stadiums for real. All right, not even just the NFL stadiums. Even if you got a team, a basketball team, like the, it's a racket. And I don't understand how we just don't see it. We keep looking past it. Like these, these billionaire owners got all this fucking money and they still need taxpayer dollars to put up a fucking stadium for real, for real. You got billions of dollars. Go get a loan like everybody else. Put your business up. And when you're ready, sell it. You know, right now, the game is to get a, a, a stadium 
the biggest stadium you can bankrupt the city, the people in the city that's there. And then you still got to go, right? Like you still got to go to these games. You still paying the taxes on these games. They even trying to change the game or have changed the game over the last five years that you got to own a, a space, right? A seat or two seats, you know, not, not like a season ownership, you know what I'm saying? But like own this, like this is yours. You can have this and you can pass it down to your family. Come on, man. They just run in our pockets crazy. And we're not even looking at it like like we're supposed to. The truth is, if you step back and look at it, we paying taxes for everything. We should be able to go to these football games for free if we're paying taxes. These people are making hand over foot type money on us. And when they're ready to break out, they leave. They threaten our government. Hey, or our, our legislators. Hey. Here's the deal. We'll we'll pick up everything and leave and go to a new state if you don't get this taxpayer money to pay for a new stadium or do this. Straight up, I'd rather take our taxpayer money and put that into healthcare, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, work with people every day and I look at all these things. You know how universal healthcare would be so much better, you know, than than what we have. You know, at today's rate, you could stream these football games and figure out. You know, being a Buffalo Bills fan, I'm always going to be a Buffalo Bills fan. You could pick another team for real. You know, if the Bills move, I could be a Bills fan and probably go and visit. As long as our people here are taken care of. You know, the schools are better. The roads are better. There's actual craters in the roads. That bothers me because we took we, we, we show our kids that, you know, these people, these billionaires who pay no taxes, uh, have these they get this money from us this is how they stay billionaires we pay this tax money to get these stadiums built and then we pay like idiots to go and watch these teams play at this absorbent price for a seat that's probably way up in the 300s and then after we leave those seats we go and pee in these nasty bathrooms right half of us wash our hands after that we go and pay these absorbent prices for a fucking hot dog a fucking hot dog bro that's what i'm trying to say and then we pay taxes on that shit so we gotta fucking wake up one day because this shit just isn't right and you know these kids are starving these you know there's people out here that are, are going to the hospital and in debt. You know, these kids are in fucking college and going to be in debt for the rest of their life. But this is what we pay our money to. Like, again, I, I, you know, that was a deep dive. Maybe we'll get deeper one day. Maybe somebody will want to talk to me about that. Um, and as far as any announcements, um, I can get to that next week. Um, I got a, ne- a Saturday program next week coming up uh, where I'm DJing, uh, Daydream the DJ. Uh, you can catch that at, on Facebook. Uh, my announcements are on there. Um, and, and you know, I want to say peace. I want to thank you guys, you know, for listening, checking in. And I hope you check me out. This is uh, the official episode one with content, you know, not just rambling, but straight up information. I've learned what I needed to learn. Um, I've taken the chances. I've did the dance and now I'm doing it my way. Here we go. Thank you. Straight up for On the Rock, a podcast that asks you how you like your life. Meet, comment, straight up for On the Rock, a podcast that asks you how you like your life. Meet, comment, straight up for On the Rock, a podcast that asks you how you like your life. We just want to know.
send any questions, comments, or concerns or suggestions. Yes, I'm open for suggestions to N S U O T rocks at gmail.com. Or you can catch me on Facebook N S U O T rocks. We're also on Spotify breaker radio, radio public <laughs> Google podcast. And of course, anchor.fm backslash day dream the dj um reach out to us let me know what you think always love to hear you peace